This is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down on us and flexing. It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole city of Houston, Texas standing behind us. See, we've been waiting on this one for 10 years. All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold. I'm fortunate to have the Garnet Texan John Wade here with me. And John, um, wow, what a crazy week. What a crazy week. There's so much going on. Who would have thought this early in the offseason that we would have so much to talk about? You know, I mean, it's just the way the season's gone. I mean, honestly... Every week, it's something else, and unfortunately, it's not really what's been on the football field for the most part. Right. It's been everything off the field, and we got something else going on. Yeah, who would have thought, not not but 45 minutes after the game on Sunday, that we would have gotten the news that Rick Smith is stepping down, and, and it's for unfortunate, unfortunate circumstances, of course, um, you know, with his wife having, with his wife Tiffany having breast cancer. Um, you know, you don't want to hear that about anybody, uh, let alone, you know, a woman with three children and a husband and, you know, so much to live for and things like that. But, um, I mean, it naturally, sucks. it's terrible, terrible, you know. terrible circumstances for sure. And we, we pray that, you know, Tiffany gets well and that everything goes right for her in Arizona and she gets the help she needs. And, you know, luckily, uh, breast cancer can be beaten. Um, so that's a good thing. Well, I mean, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with Rick Smith and his family. Yeah. Um, you don't wish that upon anybody. No. No matter. No matter how much you don't like or whatever it would be. At the end of the day, this is football. This isn't real life. Uh, we, we can have our opinions on Rick Smith as a, as a general manager, but we cannot have them as a, a human being because we don't know them. And, and nobody that listen likely knows him. It's it's. Yeah. So we don't know how he is outside of work. And for anybody that has, you know, and I've seen some comments where people, you know, make comments about, oh, thank God, you know, at least we're getting a new GM and things like that. You know, you, sh- you should probably reflect a little bit on what you're saying and, and, and stop sounding like, like such an asshole. Yeah. I mean, it's just sad that people even do that, but whatever. I don't know. I, I feel for Rick. I, I do. Too. I, hope, I feel for the kids. Feel for the kids. Hopefully he gets through this and. Hopefully he's back with the organization in some capacity. Who knows? Yeah. Who, who knows? Um, I do have to kind of voice a little bit of frustration with the Houston media. All up to the game. All we heard about, there was going to be a reckoning. Oh, yeah. Oh, did you see? It was like Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yeah. <laughs> they, were gonna, they were going to front to there march this, up Bob McNair's uh, office and have a duel. That everything is so toxic. and It's, it's such a crazy word to use. I mean... It's absolutely ridiculous. These people were apparently making guesses based on the fact that Rick Smith had not been a lo- around a lot. Yeah, they were making assumptions. And they were reporting that as the news. Yeah. And, and look how it came back. You know, it makes the city of Houston, it honestly makes the whole area look horrible. They don't care. They don't. They, they don't care. They want people to listen. They need they clicks. Want, they want to get people all excited and all mad. Yeah, and it works. Yeah. It really gets people going. And it, it's almost sad that you have to be put on the side. Are you team Rick Smith? Are you team Bill O'Brien? Yeah. When Instead all, of it being unity. You know, when all we really want 
So in football games, we want our team to be entertaining to watch. We want to have a sense of pride in what they're doing. Right. And instead, we have to have our little soap drama, which turns out was a, pretty much a work of fiction. Which happens. It yeah. happens in the office. It happens in the restaurants. I mean, it happens. You don't get along with everybody you work with. I got right. 10 guys in my office I don't like. Guess it's, what? I show up to work and do my job. Yeah, it's not even necessarily, especially in the career that they are in, that you get along with everybody. Right. What matters is the results. Yep. And no matter what was going on with Rick, you knew that there was going to be something this offseason. There was going to be some sort of changes. Whether it be Bill O'Brien or Rick Smith or both. But you don't have to you don't have to turn it into this personal vendetta or this personal fighting. It just it is what it is. Like, I don't know. I'm Yeah, there's a lot of the local media I just don't even like I don't even read. Like I think they're all really bad. Like honestly, I really do. Like I really think like Brian Smith is terrible. I think Aaron Wilson is fucking terrible. I think Adam Clanton and Jason Braddock are terrible. I think there's so many that are just they just reach. They have no sources. They have no reason to make these guesses up. But they they choose to write these articles and, and, and make these bold claims that are not there. Like, I honestly feel like now I will only read Pat. Like, honestly, like I, I feel like I will not check any other Twitter feed. It's just Pat stat and nothing else. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, it's literally I literally feel that way. I don't disagree with you on a lot of that. Um, Pat keeps his emotions checked. He he comes with facts. He doesn't report to report. He reports on what he knows and he'll speak on it. I'd rather have that than people throwing out right. false stories. Pat is probably the most solid source that you'll have out there. I would agree. And he doesn't pretend to know more than he does. No. Now, he, do, he does get things wrong occasionally. He's, yep. not, he's not perfect. Or he'll get lucky on making a couple guesses here and there, yeah. like the Seahawks trade or whatever. But Right. And, I mean, he's smart. He's My problem smart. with a lot of the Houston media is there's some of these guys that are that are really smart. They're really good football guys. Like they actually know the game. But I guess the, I, I'm saying so much but. Today, but that's exactly how I feel about them. They're all but. These are guys that they know football. And instead of teaching everybody a little bit more about football, they'd rather make up drama because that's where I guess the ratings are. They well, they're also, you got to remember, I mean, they're tied to clicks, right? Because the Chronicle is a dying business. Right. It's a dying business. So the more clicks that they drive, the more job security they have. I would assume that plays a part. And then you got Pat, who's an independent guy, does this as a passion and, and hobby. Luckily, he gets to make money and do it. But the other guys, they do it as jobs. Right. I feel like that's the biggest difference. I'm just saying, take a step back from everything that happened this year. And if you go back and you read some of the things that have been, you have writers that are either trying to stir the pot yep. or just flat out making things up. Yeah. Yeah. And all year it's radio, it's writers, it's beat reporters from national. I'm not going to go as far as um, young Ari gold here and name names. Oh, I will. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't, blame give, I, don't, I don't give a shit. It's 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 embarrassing. It really yeah. is. Like this is a team that we all ca like care about. This is a team like we didn't start this podcast because we're looking to get rich. This is a passion of ours. This is we have jobs that we work, and then occasionally once a week we get to get get together and get to talk about a team that we both have passion about. 
And so when you see people that come in and and make up stories and and have clickbait titles and have no sources to confirm anything that they're stating and it ends up being a situation where a, a woman ends up having cancer like seriously like how do you feel about like how do they feel when they go to sleep yeah you had no idea what was going on in Rick Smith's life Rick Smith's life you had no idea and you made false accusations hoping to stir up pot so you can get clicks it's sad it really is. It's really, I mean, it, yeah, you're right. It's, it's really sad. It is. And it's embarrassing. It's truly what it is. They should hold themselves up to a better standard than they did, especially now with how it all worked out. I mean, I don't know. Let's move, let's move on to something a little bit yeah. more. So, I mean, obviously, he, Rick Smith addressed the media. Um, if you haven't seen that press conference, definitely, definitely worth watching. Um, you know, he's asked a, asked a question that kind of gets him a little choked up talking about his his wife. And, um, you know, as much as we can blame Rick Smith for a lot of issues, depth, things like that, free agency busts. Um, there's also a lot of things that we can say that Rick Smith did really well for us. And he definitely put a lot of pieces in place for this defense. Uh, and he also drafted Deshaun Watson this season. So, um Rick played his role and I, I think his time has just kind of gotten to a point where it was time for something new. Things needed to be changed. If they wanted different results, it kind of goes back to the old mantra. You do what you always done. You're going to get what you always get. Um, there's things that you have to change to be able to reach that level. And I, I'm honestly surprised that we're not just promoting within and kind of continuing on until Rick gets back, if Rick gets back, um, that we're actually taking this search outside and we have candidates that we're actively going to pursue. It's yeah, awesome. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that this was a good timing type thing. I think that regardless of why it happened, either Rick or Bill O'Brien probably would have parted ways. This is not to say that either one of them are bad at what they were doing. I actually think that Rick Smith was an above average GM. And I think that Bill O'Brien, I've said for a couple of years now that my biggest fear is he leaves us and he goes to be great somewhere else. Sure. You've got two different, two guys with two completely different philosophies. This isn't to say that they did not work to try and get better and come to kind of a middle ground. But you have Rick Smith, who comes from the old Denver Broncos, where you get guys that are really good at doing their, uh, certain things. Sure. And then you come from Bill O'Brien, who comes from the Patriots, who part of the reason he was probably even brought in the Patriots, because he was like this beforehand, is you look to attack the weaknesses of the other team. You look for flexibility. You look for guys that are high IQ, that do a lot of different things. They may not be the best athletes, but they do a lot of different things. And you tried to get them to mesh. So you have pretty much the Elway era Broncos philosophy with the the current Patriots philosophies, and you're trying to make kind of a mixture of them. Sure. And I just don't think that those two philosophies were ever enough alike where it would ever work. And I also would say that I don't think either one was also open enough to really take in what Bob was saying and, and try to implement it in a different manner. I felt like kind of Rick was Rick and Bob was Bob. Right. There wasn't enough of a understanding and, on how to reach where and they it's, both wanted. It's not, even it's not even necessarily what they were trying to do. They could have been trying their ass off to sure. do it. It just doesn't work. But when you've gotten so far 
with that philosophy in your life. Like yeah. they both reached the pinnacle of their positions. Yeah. All right, Rick Smith, that's what you want to be. You want to be the general manager of a franchise. Yep. Bill O'Brien, that's what you want to be. You want to be the head coach. Right. So even and they got if they're doing what they did. Right. Even if they tried to change what they were doing, right. it's just natural. So your Rick's we talked about it during the preseason. Rick Smith was trying to bring Bill O'Brien guys that he liked. Yep. But you even noticed me picking at it, where it's like he would bring these guys that were almost but not quite. Or he's gotten burned by. Or gotten burned by. <laughs> <laughs> but almost but not quite. Yeah. So Bill O'Brien says he needs speed. What does Rick Smith do? Okay, I'll get you speed. I'm going to get you the fastest guy out there. Will Fuller. Kevin Johnson. Pretty much the same guy on different sides of the ball. Uh, almost identical. And need more athleticism. And this is what he would do. Now, we've gone back and forth. Um, Will Fuller was not necessarily a bad pick. I have no idea what to think about Kevin Johnson anymore. Um, at times, he flashed we'll, we'll, in this year. We'll get into blah. it. We'll get into but, it in another podcast. But we you have could, a long yeah, season But you could kind of see where this was going. Mm, sure. They may not necessarily have been bad fits or bad picks, but they're not quite the fit that you needed them to be. Sure. And then you have to change what you're doing to make them fit. Yeah. So you're exactly right. Bill O'Brien has to take these guys that are that puzzle piece that almost quite fits and change more and change more and change more. And it just wasn't working to where we needed to. It was working to mediocrity. When for as much hate as Rick Smith has gotten, frontline talent, what everybody has said, is you take our starting 22 versus any starting 22, don't play special teams, just play offense and defense, our starting 22 would match up with anybody. Now, we can't play special teams, and we didn't have a lot of depth. But our starters were really, really good. Yeah. Most of them. I mean, there's still exceptions, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah but I, I would most guarantee. I, I think if you looked at our roster and ranked it against any other team... In the league, uh, up until this season, obviously minus the quarterback, we probably were the best team. At yeah, I would say we're, we on on paper we were the best team. Right, and the problem with Rick Smith's philosophy is you are trying to catch lightning in a bottle, and you're trying to get that run where you have a lot of health, and the NFL's up and down. It's like and sometimes. You just get a streak of bad luck where everybody gets hurt. Sure. Rick Smith teams will not do well with that, as we've now seen twice. Right. However, what's scary is that that model where you rely on everybody to be healthy, I think we had that for three years with mediocrity and going nine and seven, and we didn't have the most important piece. We had a quarterback. Right. So now we've burned all that. Got the quarterback. We've got a quarterback. Now we got the injuries. Now, if we have a truly a transcendent quarterback... Maybe switching away from that to a more consistent model where you're near the top every year and that one or two players just pushes you. This may be the way that may be the way to go. And well, if that's who they hire, if that's the route they go, if they bring back Brian Gaines or they promote Jimmy Ray, then 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 it's going to almost be identical. And, and you can guarantee that Bob will be out of a job within the next two to three years. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so. And we should probably talk about the other side of it. So, you know, so Rick Smith is gone and, and there are people who wanted to keep Rick Smith and let Bill O'Brien go. Um, and for those people, I say Bill O'Brien has his issues. He, he has a lot of them. His time management, his play calling at times, there's issues. There's, there's a lot of issues. 
But I I don't understand what who you would replace him with. Like well, like who who out there that you think would be better than what we've seen so far? And would you really risk Deshaun's development on that? That's what it all comes back to. To me, that's the biggest thing. Last honestly, last year when you could go after a McVeigh or a Shanahan, right? That could have been a year to really have that conversation. Sure. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan is going to do amazing things in San Francisco. Well, we've already seen it in a six-game winning streak. Um, McVeigh, McVeigh's impressed the hell out of me. It's one I mean, year I, though. That's yeah, it's one year for both of them. Yeah, but because we've seen this before. Yeah, you you see teams get caught. But I, I like the Shanahan philosophy. I like the old coaching style. I always style. have. I, um, I agree with you. I've been a little bit biased for that for a while. I liked uh, Kyle yeah. when he was yep. when he was our offensive coordinator. Yep. Um, I just wish Kubiak would let him call plays. Yeah, yeah. It, Kubiak got too conservative towards the end. Yeah. But we don't have anybody that really stands out that you're like, let's go get him. Right. And maybe. I mean, Bill O'Brien, he's going to be a good coach somewhere. Maybe just give him an extra time here. Maybe it can be here. I'd prefer that. I would too. I'd prefer and I, that. And I'm glad for the people that complain. I'm glad he's a part of this process finding the GM. Yeah. I know it's technically supposed to be the other way around. You bring in the GM and he finds his coach. Um, but that's not the cards we were dealt this time. No. And you and, want him to be a part of the process. You make sure that day to day. yeah, you make sure that it's just a good fit. Like Bill O'Brien said, alignment. You make sure that you get somebody that's going to bring Bill O'Brien the players to choose from that he really can really likes. Sure. Um, this is kind of what we were talking about before the podcast. One of the biggest things the GM does, even with a head coach that has a lot of input into the roster, is he narrows down that search. Um, GM or head coaches are already working. Probably I I read somewhere like 120 hour weeks, like they're working over 100 hours a week. Yeah, they just cannot scout every single player. They have to rely on a solid GM, a solid scout, a solid scouting department, pro development department to find players for them to look at. Yeah, and then if you bring me, you bring the head coach even 10 players that he has to watch 100 hours of film on. That's still quite a bit of time. Sure. So you have to have that good support and you have to have the guys that are going to bring you the type of players that you're looking for. Yeah. I think deep down a lot of the conflict between Bill O'Brien and Rick Smith is he'd go out there and they would watch games and they'd see some of these players perform out there and he'd be like, why didn't I ever get tape on him? Why didn't I ever get tape on him? That's the type of guy we're looking for. Why don't we ever get tape on him? That's just a theory. Honestly, I have nothing to base it on. Well, but that, just that's a, I mean, based other on than, what we've seen or heard now it's up to this point, it makes sense. Yeah, just based on sense. press conferences and things that they they've just seen. Had two different philosophies. Yeah, that's all it was, and that's going to happen. So I mean, I guess. So there's, for what we know, and, and Bob McNair spoke to the media today. He says there's six candidates. Um, Nick Cesario or Casario, however you want to say it, from New England. <laughs> Uh, Elliot Wolf from the Packers, Mustinkoff, whatever his name is, from the Packers. Um, he said in he said Jimmy Ray the third would be the first interview. Uh, Brian Gaines, God, Brian Gaines, and then 
the other the dude other from, from the Patriots. Patriots. Awesome. Yeah. So what do we want in a GM? Obviously, there's a lot of different things that go into it. We want somebody that relates to B.O.B. We want somebody that trusts Bill and, and, and him and Bill have a more organic relationship where they can have the com- tough conversations and not be personal. They have a better understanding of what Bill wants. And I feel like that would either be Cesario or the other dude from the Patriots probably more than anything. Now, the chances of Cesario leaving are slim. This is ha- this has happened in the last two seasons. He's interviewed. He's there apparent to Bill Belichick. I can't say that I would want to leave that franchise either. But he could put it could be that point where he says, okay, there's because there's been a lot of stuff going on with the Patriots this year. There's been a lot of stuff going on between the trainers and the rumors within the, uh, you know, with the issues within the organization, uh, the power struggles and things like that. Maybe he sees that as an opportunity or a reason to to leave. Maybe he feels like the time is kind of clicking or, or ending in New England. Maybe he sees this as a window of opportunity to be able to come out and make a stamp and be an actual GM, not right. be a co-GM with Bill Belichick, which is pretty much what he is there. I think the thing that we have for Nick uh, Casario is twofold. He's going to want to go somewhere where they give him a lot of leeway. Yeah. So we're not getting Come him. Come in and do what he wants. <laughs> we're not getting him. Um, but Bob McNair has already stated that they're not going to allow somebody to come in and clean house. So they're going to kind of talk about like from the scouting department and yeah. stuff like that. So my only hope with that is Bill O'Brien's already influenced Rick Smith to kind of stock with the type of people that Cesario would want. So that's kind of my hope. That we're able to turn that negative into kind of a positive. I would assume the Bill O'Brien Cesario relationship would probably play a part, though. Yeah, and, and with the other guy as well. You know, I think Cesario will definitely want to go somewhere where he can be his own his own man. Right. Part of the reason why the Patriots have so much turnover is everybody's trying to get away from the Bill Belichick shadow after they've had success. And the Doesn't other reason they have so much turn, yeah, well, the same reason they have so much turnover though is Belichick is really good at finding talented people. Oh, yeah. And What is it Steve Jobs said? The smartest people hire smarter people. Yeah. So, we'll see. Um, that would be my... I mean, if we... If I had... I would, just go, I would just go ahead and embrace being the Patriots South. The Patriots have had a lot of success. We might as well try. I'd be fine with it. We've already committed to, to Bill, Bill O'Brien... Or we're we about to commit to Bill O'Brien. There'll be an extension soon. Yeah, as long as we get the GM who we want. The reason it hasn't been signed I think is he wants to have that say during the uh, during that four-man panel. Yeah, you hire him. I'm, 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 I'm not signing. That's what he wants. Yeah, that's exactly why. That's the only bargaining chip he has. I think that happens if Brian Gaines comes. You know, I would think that. I'm not a big Brian Gaines fan at all. I'm not either. Um... Now, I but, will give him credit for some things that he has done. Yeah. His contracts are very good. The right. contract he did with Brock, I mean, who would have thought with a $72 million contract that you'd be able to get out of it after a year? It's a smart contract. Yeah. And 
but he still brought Brock in. He was still part of that, that whole decision. Bob. I don't Not care. Bill. Not Bill O'Brien, like Bob McNair. Yeah, I, I I don't care. I don't want anybody tainted by that. Yeah, but no. Oh, you're talking about like coming in. Yeah, I nah, don't. Bob's gonna do what Bob wants to do at the end right. of the day. His name's on the end of the check. Not. No, I want Nick because I feel like he would say to Bob McNair when Bob says, "I want Brock," he says, "We're not getting Brock." That's what I want. I want somebody who's going to challenge Bob McNair. I completely understand that and agree with that. To me, it would be more. I want more of the synergy. I want more of the. I want more of the organization to actually speak with one voice for once. No, agreed. I'm fine with that. But then you can have. But that's what I'm saying. Nick is going to stand up for when he says when Bob says that he says, no, that's a mistake. I'm not saying he's like, well, we're not getting Brock. That's not what I meant. If they were having the conversation, he would say to Bob. I don't think that's a good idea, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Here's what I see on film. Here's what Bill Bob uh, Bill O'Brien sees on film. Here's reasons we don't think this is a good idea, and then has a conversation about it. I'm not saying he just goes to Bob and says "f off." Like, I want to have that same synergy, but at the same time, I want somebody who's not scared to tell Bob their opinion if it's different than Bob's. Because at the end of the day, that's what's going to go away from this complacent, um, standing still nine and seven attitude is somebody that's willing to say what they want and go against Bob if Bob has a feeling or opinion. That's just me, though. Yeah. No, I. you're right. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to hire anybody like that. I don't know. Bob's getting older. Mm-hmm. He's getting a lot older. And he's looking less and less healthy. Cal's fine and healthy and getting Cal will be taking over the team sometime soon. Five years, whatever it would be. I wouldn't be surprised if Cal starts to have a little bit more of a voice this go around than previous two. Yeah, I I don't think you're wrong. And I think that's kind of what's pushing uh Bob McNair. He wants to win. He he wants to win before he before yeah, anything he, happens. God forbid, because the guy the guy no matter how you feel about him, inmate comments, whatever you want to say, you want to call him the warden, whatever it would be, he still brought football back to Houston. So, I I I will forever be grateful for that. Yeah. Well, so, so, so we're in we agreement on who our our top candidate is. So who's our or, not, not? So if we can't get Nick. Who's next? Who who would you feel comfortable with? Okay, well, while you think, I you know I would, oh, you're you're probably gonna throw something out at at me. Oh God, you're gonna say Marvin Lewis? No, hell hell no, not that dumb. He actually is a good scout. Look at that team. He built that team. That um, that team has talent. But go ahead, Scott Pioli. Really? Really? The dude from the what was it? The Chiefs. Chiefs. He was the Where is he now, though? He's in he's the, with the Falcons. Nah, I'm good. He was the original. He was the original Patriots guy. He was the original Cesario. Yeah, but he wasn't there with Bill O'Brien. He was gone before then. Yeah, but he was there with Bill Belichick. Uh-uh. He was the original Cesario. He was the original guy that sucked the roster. He's responsible for finding Edelman. He's responsible for finding Will for Edelman? Kid. He yeah. wasn't there for Edelman. He was. No, he wasn't. He's been gone for like eight years. If not longer. Wes Walker, you mean? Yes, he found Wes Walker. Walker. But he, he was responsible for finding a lot of the cast-offs that originally made New England whom they are now. He goes to Kansas City. He loads up that roster. 
They had not the best coaching, but they had a lot of talent on that roster. He goes to Atlanta. Now he's working as the co-GM in Atlanta. And both him and Demetrius. Yeah, before, before Dan Quinn, wasn't it? Wasn't he there for like the last year of Mike Smith? Mm-mm. Mm. He went there. I th- 2013. I thought it was the year after Quinn started. Mm. Uh, either way. And either way, he went there and he stocked up the Atlanta's roster. Atlanta had a lot. They were able to bring in a lot more talent, a lot better drafts. He is good at finding mid-level players. That's the type of... I think that he would actually do well here in Houston. With the way the craziness that they're going to have, the, or, the, way, the way they're going to have the organization set up, even though he's going to be answering to Bob McNair and Cal, you have Bill O'Brien, who's probably a little bit stronger of a personality than Rack. I think that he would actually balance out pretty well there. And... I think because of what he's been through, he would be more likely to deal with the craziness to get another chance. Whereas I think Cesario right now pretty much will have his pick of teams to go to. He can go to whatever team he wants to, to be GM. Right. So why would you not want to come to a team that has possibly the most electrifying quarterback in the league, a coach you're familiar with, the two best defensive players in the league, say JJ comes back 90% of what he was. I mean, there's not going to be – he's not going to have another opportunity to take over a team like what we have. You're right. There's I not going to be another team available for a GM spot because if so, they already have a GM because that team's been built. I don't see another team that he could go to that he'd have what he has here. This yep. is the one option, I think. Yep. Like, I truly think that. If he turns us down, he's staying with the Patriots. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I mean – like, who wanted to go to the 49ers last year? Honestly. The same reason somebody would want to go to the Browns, because you have... Yeah, you liter- have, you're the guy you that's going to save nothing. the franchise. Right. All you can do is you do that. You have all the draft picks. You that. have all the cap room. But it, you could do that, or you can win instantly. Yeah. Because what well, are you I tied mean, to as a GM? Yeah. Winning. Just like a head coach. You're tied to winning the team you built and put on the field. You're no. responsible for the results. You, you are absolutely right, and we actually... They have this at the bottom of our show outline, but why wouldn't somebody want to come to the Texans? Yeah. Honestly, you're in a position where you already have a franchise QB. Yep. The only reason that you would turn us down is because you want to find your own franchise QB, which is kind of idiotic because... If you have one, you have one. You have one, you have one. You've seen how many careers have been destroyed by looking for one. When you have a franchise QB on a bargain level price first round contract or below level market value contract. Those are the teams that typically win. You look, of course the Seahawks went on their run when they were able to put money at other places other than just quarterback. Brady has been known famously for always taking below market value so that they can reinforce the rest of the team. Yep. Even Denver, when they went on their run, they were able to get Manning at a reasonable cost. I feel it like was, Deshaun will be the same way. So if, Deshaun is everything we hope for. You have him. No if. <laughs> Say that sentence again without the if. If Deshaun continues to be everything that we've ever hoped for, <laughs> yeah. I, I almost feel I'm almost afraid to be too positive. Like I, I have to knock on wood. But this too. is Houston, right? Yeah. I mean, he <laughs> no, this is Houston. He lit the world. He was going to. Set it. <laughs> yeah, just breathe. No, I agree. But, I agree with you, and I get where you're. And going. then we do have a lot of frontline 
frontline players. Oh, uh, that yeah. you could either, if we decide not to keep them, there are trade options. And I'm not talking about the crazy trades about Watt or Clowney. Uh, I'm just talking. I'd be open to trading Clowney, but that's that's another conversation for yeah. another day. But you do have a lot of capital. We have fifty million dollars in cap 60 space now, with that nine million rolled over. Yeah, we've got plus another thirteen we can get from uh, cutting Cushing and uh, Allen. Yeah, so we've got a lot of cap space, a lot of money to spend. The only thing we do not have is a first or a second round draft pick this year. Yep. But we, we have a ton of thirds. And fours, we have. Did we end up three, with three or four well, third com- round picks? The compensatory isn't out yet, but it'll be, I think it's mid-February when we'll know. But it, we should be getting a Bouye, or a Bouye third, a Simon fourth or fifth. Um, yeah. And then there'll probably be another one. I forgot who else was. We're getting a six for Demps. Yeah, six for Demps. So I mean we'll have an, so we'll have three first round or three three third round picks. I and mean, a second round pick from next year that we got from Seattle. Right. That we could package with to move wherever we want to go as right. well. So there's options. And then of course next year we'll have our first again. We'll have two second rounders. We'll be right back where we were. We'll probably have multiple third rounders again. We'll have Clowney and B Mac locked up. So there is a ton of room to work with on this roster. Yeah. And arguably this is we're still pretty close to where we need to be. Well, we're also we did the second it. youngest team in the league. Yeah. We didn't win a lot of games this year because we also played more players than any team in the history of the NFL. Ended up with 78 total. This was not a true reflection of the talent level. No. This was just bad luck. You can't prevent concussions. I'm and getting s- <laughs> <laughs> Nope. Okay, we'll get into that later too. It, it doesn't even matter though. Oh, it does. Concussions, <laughs> but, injuries, Vrabel. Yeah. But good luck, Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> you just you can't and I'm I'm so tired of everybody on Twitter that's like fire strength and conditioning. There's something wrong. It, you yeah, what cannot are you supposed to do? prevent concussions. They've if you want to do that, so... go to the NFL and have them spend more money on the on R and D on the helmets. Yeah, like, I mean, like, like that. Literally, that's all you could do. The only thing that I think the Texans could possibly do is that helmet the Clowney has. That it's like a marshmallow; it, it crushes in a little bit better. Yeah, but wasn't that like just? Didn't, wasn't he like the sand, like the trial yeah. for that this year or something like that? He was one of the first players yeah, to have take it. up concussions with the NFL because the Texans can't do anything about it. So other than that, it was just bad luck. Watt, bad luck. Merciless, bad luck. Covington, bad luck. Watson, bad luck. Like, Kay Johnson being out a couple times, bad luck. Like, J. Joe, bad luck. I mean, it's just the way it is. Brenda Scarlet, bad luck. I mean, there's so many. Bruce Ellison, bad luck. Will Fuller, bad luck. I mean, it just... I, I mean, literally, like, Bruce Ellington is the main piece of our offense this year. <laughs> I mean, what, yeah. what can you do? I mean, yeah. He has soft tissue injury history. Like, it... it that's going to happen. You knew it when we signed him. You called it when we signed him. It, I mean, it's going to happen. Just... So, and to kind of finish up where you were going, yes, you're 100% right. Like, this is not a reflection of the team. 4-12, you are what your record says you are. Okay, Bill O'Brien, we get it. You know, you have to say the old coach mantra. But this team is not a 4-12 team. Honestly, I don't I, – if we would have start, if we would have had a full healthy team this year and we did not start Deshaun Watson all year – we would not have been a 4-12 team. No, we would not have. We still would have been an 8-8 team if Savage stayed healthy all year. Um, 
Well, so, if you just Savage and our defense stayed healthy. Well, that's what I'm saying. If, I mean, if Savage, if they would have stayed healthy and we had our full team, we would have been 8-8. Eight eight. Maybe 9-7 and seven again. I, I don't think that we would have lost that Titans game. I, I mean, don't think we would have lost that. The games that we lost, like the Patriots, Chiefs, Seahawks, those would have been losses anyways. Um, the only player the last game of the season Clowney. that would not have played the fourth preseason game would have been Clowney. Yeah. Clowney played our, this last week. I am pretty sure the team that we put out there for the fourth preseason game could have beat the team that played the Colts this past weekend. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Uh, That's how decimated and we were. He only played this week because he wanted to get 16 under his belt. It wasn't, he, just, he wanted to say he played it. It wasn't about a sack total. It wasn't about anything. I almost guarantee you Bill O'Brien begged him not to play, and then he told him, and I, I bet Bill O'Brien was like, I totally understand. Mm-hmm. Like He wants to show he could stay healthy. And he had a good year. He had a very solid year. Considering I mean, that he was the only person on defense. Yeah, we went into the season with three pass rushers. Yeah. And left of one. Like, I, I don't know what Covington would have been. He's shown flashes. Like, yeah. You know? Thank God for D. Oh, and DJ Reader, who's the unsung hero of the defense who gets absolutely zero love. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't like Scott Peely, though. Back to that. I, you're, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't throw something at you, but I, I don't. You thought about it. Well, I was shocked. <laughs> I'll be honest. I was shocked that you said Scott Peely. Um, I would take this is gonna, you, you may throw this at me, but if, if, if I had a choice other than, of course, two, Nick is number one, but yeah, Nick is number one and, and probably the other guy from the Patriots would be two, uh, and Elliot Wolf, maybe three. Uh, but if there was like a wild card that I could throw in the mix, I would throw the Redskins GM that got fired for being an alcoholic. What was his name? Scott. McCallahan. Is, is it Callahan or McCallahan? Right? Something like that. McCallahan. McCall shoot. McCall I don't know. Either way. I thought that dude put together an amazing team. I really do. Um and I I, I would I, I think what happened there was a shitty situation for him that he was put in, you know. So I feel like if he was given the right opportunity, there there would be a chance for him to build another team, but that's just a wild card, like a crazy pull out of my ass. Here's a name. I didn't even know his name. <laughs> but here's the name anyways no I mean if he's gotten his life back together um, well they also surrounded an alcoholic with alcohol yeah like come on I'm sorry like what do you expect it's a disease it's not a, it's not a choice who would think that when Bill if, if they hired him who would think that the uh, person that we finally you know bend the McNair rules for would be an executive yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Well, wait. Never mind. I'm not going down that road. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't bet. They, okay, anyways. Um, now, the person that I think we both are in agreement with that we do not want is Brian Gaines. Yeah. Why do you not want Brian Gaines? Is it because of Raheem Moore? Because that's enough of a reason for me. But then add Brock. And then it's just like croutons on top of the So, salad. name a great free agent signing that we've had in the past three years. No, we so there's a list. There, there's there's none. Yeah, I mean there's literally none. Uh, Name. Luckily, my favorite subredditor, I am Matt Chambers, uh, posted actually this exact this exact thread of his all free agents that have been either signed during or walked during, and I can tell you right now, the one person he signed that two people. He signed that 
I, I, I liked, and I somehow wish we would have kept at least one of them, was Ryan Fitzpatrick, which I was totally fine with. At that time, the quarterbacks that were available, he was best available, and, and he, did, he had a good season with us. Um, and Kendrick Lewis, who I, I, I really thought had the potential to be a star in a Romeo Cornell defense. Other than that, uh, he let Earl Mitchell walk. I liked Earl Mitchell when we had him. Uh, Daryl Sharpton, another guy I liked. He walked. He signed Derek Newton to a pretty team-friendly tackle deal. Uh, he Who would have thought that he would break both his legs? <laughs> so, um, uh, Kareem Jackson's deal is actually a decent deal for what quarterbacks go for. He's Henry Moore again. Let me all. I'm not even a personal scout, but just based on that play against the Ravens where Jacoby Jones. Yeah. That's all I needed to see to know that he can't take the proper angle. Uh, and then, I mean, I guess we could say he let case Keenum go, but come on, who would have thought like, honestly, I can't put that on Brian Gaines. I don't think anybody in the organization thought Keenum would be where Keenum's at now. Keenum's in the perfect situation for Keenum's style of play, and I don't think this would have happened with any other team. Hell, we saw it last year. Uh, and, yeah, he brought in Brock. Now you signed Jeff Allen. Uh, he signed Tony Bergstrom. Yeah, no. I also lost Brandon Burks and Ben Jones. I mean, arguably, if you look at it. So with every good, he washed away with a bad choice. I mean. So I guess he's average. I, I would still go below average. Arguably the best free agent signing on this list. I'm I'm going through it a couple different times. Is Fitzpatrick and Lamar Miller. And Yeah, but Lamar, like honestly, I like Lamar. Yeah. But was that unnecessary money spent? No, you don't You don't think so? i hell, Alfred Boo, did you watch the Colts game? Alfred Boo looked like a better running back. No, no, no. I meant I thought you said, was that necessary money spent? Uh, yeah, I'm no, sorry. I'm saying unnecessary. Yes. I, I felt it, like we did not need Lamar. I, I thought it had already been established, I don't know, for the past 15 years, you don't spend big money on a running back. Now, I like Lamar. I do, uh, too. He's a Lam- great, it's a great luxury to have. Yeah. there's When he's used properly, he's very good at what he does. But he's still a running back. You can still find, you should be able to replace a running back. Granted, when Foster got hurt and all those players that we cycled through Chris Bulk. might have caused an overreaction on that. Now, if Gaines was responsible for, because those were all free agents, if he's actually resp- if he was responsible for picking out all those different running backs, I mean, kind of washes, washes away whatever good you do with Spurgeon with Lamar Miller when you couldn't find a decent backup. Granted, we already had one on our roster. If you go back and you watch those games, Grimes was perfectly serviceable. Grimes is out of the league. If you go back and watch those games, I'm I'm just saying, can you believe that? Yeah. 
That's a shame. <laughs> He's an audio engineer for Arian on his podcast. That's an absolute shame. It's pretty awesome, but it's a great. Anyways, Arian, it's great that he's have you working with Arian. It's a great podcast. Very, very, very good podcast. But anyways, yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, you're right. Grimes was a talent that just wasn't used. Uh, Alfred Blue, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I haven't seen enough of Alfred Blue to know. I mean, if we were to go back and say. When Arian got hurt and he was our, you know, our, our main running back, but he was also wasn't he a rookie that year? Yeah. Well, I mean, so I feel like Alfred's really just shown he's gotten better and better every year. Yeah. Is he a main back? I don't. I don't know. Maybe not. But he's a he's a, turned into an above average. I don't backup. want Alfred Blue to go to go. I'll tell he you. He doesn't. That. Yeah, he doesn't have the ceiling. No. That Foreman has, or Lamar Miller, even or has. even Lamar Miller, but. For what you ask him to do, yeah. Heck, if you needed to take one of our running backs, even when Foreman was healthy, and say, "Hey, we need you to grind it out for thirty carries," the only one that I would trust giving thirty carries would be Blue. Yeah, and he's going to be the exact same at the end of the game as he was at the beginning of the game. Uh, I agree, one hundred percent. I agree, one hundred percent. All right, so we both don't want gains. Yep. Um, Another reason I don't want gains is because I kind of want the philosophy of what's been in. Uh, at NRG over the last, I guess, 11 years now that Rick Smith has been there. Uh, and not saying that Rick Smith is the uh, the reason that that's there. But I, I would want just the philosophy to be different. I don't want somebody who's been impacted by Smith or McNair. I want a fresh set of eyes. I want a fresh take on things. I want somebody that will come in and give his opinion and not be scared to do it. Uh, or feel like he'll have his you know the finger pointed at him if he does. I want somebody that comes in with fresh ideas and, and really, you know, is digging in and wants to make a name for himself. I don't want somebody that comes in and picks up where the blueprint is and just continue on. Right. I I think with our I think it goes back to what Bill O'Brien was saying. I want somebody with that fits the alignment. That's why the Patriots names I kind of gravitate towards those because we already know they all come from that same philosophy. Yes. Now, if there's somebody from a different tree because they're all trees the nfl so ancestral everybody already has a job in the nfl it's all a lot of recycled player people uh personnel if you're gonna go with any of them i would prefer to go with the patriots um i don't agree with you of going with the packers i just i I don't ask you why because my point is if you don't spend in free agency you have to draft well. Right. And they don't spend in free agency ever. I, I think Julius Peppers was the biggest deal that they've given in the last like five years. And it yeah. wasn't even much. No, they don't spend in free agency. Um, however. They have the best quarterback in the world. Exactly. I get that. They, but they also had times where they were the best defense in the league when they won their Super Bowl. Those were also adjusted for having the best quarterback in the league. When your offense scored I get that. I get that. At the rate Clay that they Matthews, did. I mean, Clay Matthews was a defensive player of the year, wasn't he? Yeah. But all that's predicated on the fact that they had one of the best offenses on the, in the league. Now, I just don't know. If anybody from, from that mindset would fit well. With Bill O'Brien. I could be completely wrong. I I'm, I most likely would be completely wrong. But if I was looking at players, I just think that the Packers, 
while they do what they do very well, I think it's kind of self-contained. They're able to do it because they have been able to hit on quarterbacks. They're able to do it because they already have that alignment. Like that whole culture, they are all, they, it's the Packers way. And it's just kind of the way they promote from within. They develop players from within. They really don't leave and go outside their organization. And nobody else really does it like the Packers. Would you say that they're the second best franchise in the NFL? I don't know. Right now, the NFL is so mediocre. You have the Patriots, who are Over probably the best. Fifteen years. Yeah, I really don't know. The Patriots are number one, definitely number one, and they're the only it. definitive franchise that has been ran well for fifteen years straight. Every other franchise has had peaks and valleys. Well, of course, the Packers arguably have a better quarterback than Brady. Aaron Rodgers is probably the better pure quarterback. Talent-wise. Talent-wise. Sure. Now, Brady, just leadership and all that, being a coach Everything on the field. Else goes into yeah. Game. Now, so you have that advantage. I mean, you go from Brett Favre to an, and you upgrade. That's just not fair. Colts did it, and they didn't have success. Well, that's well, true. <laughs> um, the Colts are definitely not well-run, and it starts with their ownership. God, did you see but, his press conference the other day? Yeah. He looked drunk. He probably was. He was probably high on some pills. I hope he's drunk and high as Oh, That'll be Thursday when he interviews. Anyways, okay. No, I I get it. There's not another team. It would be the Patriots. It would probably be the Seahawks up there. Um, The Chiefs are actually up there. the Seahawks are up there? Yeah. They've literally had seven years. That's it. That's that's what I'm saying. Everybody has has had peaks and valleys. Steelers are up there. Steelers. Chiefs. I said, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the Packers are definitely a top five, probably top three organization. Yeah. I just. I don't know enough about somebody, their organization whenever, to know. But whenever somebody leaves the Packers, I, they just don't have the same success. Well, who like who? I won't like Holmgren for one. Yeah, but wasn't Holmgren another talent prior to uh, Green Bay? He was um, Bill Walsh. He's the one of the original. Yeah. yeah. Um, they'll wash branches on that tree. I mean, didn't he go to Seattle and have some success? I could have sworn he did. He was given all the authority. Yeah. They got to the Super Bowl, but he was never able to build something consistent there. Yeah. Um, he did pave the way for Schneider and Carroll. Yeah. But he's the big one, and he's the only one that I can actually think of off the top of my head. Because people usually don't leave. Ted yeah. Thompson's been there forever. Mike McCarthy's been there forever. I mean, I think Mike McCarthy's been there since. And I think Holmgren. I think Houston media. Dom Caber's been there. Houston the whole time. media would tear anybody with the Packers mindset apart because they are very, very conservative. They're not gonna. And I say not Houston flip, media. Yeah. God, our media, our media is soft. Half the reason they don't like Bill O'Brien is because he won't give them what they want. Right. So and how then, would they tear up a? They loved Coops. They well, never yeah, he, tore he was, Kubiak was, up, he, ever. Coobs well, is from AM. Right. He, he was a Texas boy. The same with probably the only other the only other coach they ever liked was Bum Phillips. And everybody was so happy about Wade is because they're from Texas. But the Packers' mindset of not being aggressive, not pursuing free agents, the Houston media would tear tear somebody with that mindset apart. I don't think that, that I, I don't think that just because that's how they handle business, that means that 
Elliot Wolf comes over and says, whoa, no, no, no. Over in Packer land, we don't spend money on free. Like, I don't, I don't think that's the case. If we don't know what the owner's saying to Elliot Wolf about, or Ted Thompson about that. They may say, hey, no, draft only. Draft only. Packers just don't have an owner. Well, it's the whole team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole fan base, whatever. Right. It's a board. But. That's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe that's the direction that their Ted is told to go. And if they've had success with that direction, that's how they would try and implement it in Houston. Hmm. So I think that the Houston media would tear them apart with that whole being patient, develop your guys. Then he'd fail the first year. He would know that because he has no picks in the first or second round. Yep. There's no way. There's no way that GM would come in and be like, yep, we're not spending any money this year. There's no way. But I don't think that's their strengths either. They don't spend free agency money. No, they do. They just don't spend high money. They don't they don't sign Clowney to a $127 <laughs> million deal. They don't sign uh, you know, they let their they'll let their big guys go if they want big money. But they'll they'll get pieces that fit what they do. I just I don't know. I just like Randall Cobb. It. Randall Cobb went to the Raiders and signed what? Randall Huge, Cobb? Or not Randall Cobb. What's the other guy? Starks? That was one of them. The guy that went to the Raiders. Uh, James Jones. James Jones. Go. Signs a deal. It's not the wide receiver Mr. that Hoodie. the Raiders thought he was. Nope. Comes back. It's amazing, what, it's amazing what happens when you don't have Aaron Rodgers thrown to you anymore. I'm just saying, though. Like, yeah. either way. They knew what they had. Is that a bad thing? Well, look at what happened when Rodgers got Just hurt. Peppers. Yeah. Look what happened with any team when a quarterback goes down. Right. but They, they were, were better than we were. That's not saying anything. But they were. <laughs> And they have and, less talent. Look and at they that. were they were very very mediocre. They had Brent Hundley at quarterback, and that's it. Yeah. And they still had a better record. <laughs> well, they were better than us before they. I'm just saying. Before before Rogers got hurt, they were better they, than us. Yeah, they won three games. Yeah. So I don't know. That kind Either of just way. proves the point. They didn't when Rogers got hurt. They were very mediocre. They were still better than us, but they were still very mediocre. Mm. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah. We just disagree on it. Um, so the coaches, we've lost. Do we have coaches? We have a coach. Ah. And we we're, may lose one or two. May lose Sean Ryan. Hopefully lose Mike Vrabel. Yeah. Did you see that tweet about Sean Ryan is yeah. the next Sean McKay- McVay? Yeah. Based All on, based off of six games. Mm-hmm. And who's he, to say that it was him? And who's to say if he's so what happened Sean with Savage? McVay, what happened with Savage and Yates? Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, no I, I mean, obviously there's something going no. right for Deshaun to go that way. Um, I would prefer not to lose Sean Ryan. And honest, yeah. to be honest with you, I don't think we lose Sean Ryan. I think we do exactly what we did with Godsey. I think he's going to go see what the Browns are offering. I think he's going to use it as leverage. Come back. Here's what I'm getting offered. I'd love to stay here, but this is better for my career. And then Bill O'Brien says, okay. Then I want to Except for one important fact. Okay. I don't think Bill O'Brien's going to give up playing Colin. I think he will. You do? I do. I think he has to. Especially if we lose Rabel. I think that... I think that he's going to hold on tight to play Colin for a little while longer with Deshaun. I and I'm actually okay with that. I mean, I'm okay with it too. I, I, 
possibly prefer it, except for the fact that it, we go back to the issues that you have when that's what you do mm-hmm. and you're managing the game. You can't be a good um, game you manager. You can't be a good game manager. So I would prefer for Sean Ryan to be promoted and the whole offseason. I'd prefer for it to be like a mutual first-year offensive coordinator thing where right. Bill O'Brien's holding his hand the entire time and they're they're coming up with a game plan together and uh, Bob stamp of approval is on it. I don't know if that'll happen, but I, I don't think that they'll lose Sean Ryan. I don't think you want to lose the QB coach of your rookie quarterback. Right. And Tom Savage actually tweeted, I don't know if you saw, but I forgot who it was, tweeted about him going to the Browns to interview for the offensive coordinator position, and Tom Savage retweeted, best in the business, hands down. Uh, And he's been around a couple. Yeah. No, I mean, Sean Ryan was a fantastic wide receiver coach before. Yep. Um, They moved him to quarterbacks, and, you know, I kind of agree with you. Tom Savage did get better every week. Yeah. I I don't necessarily know if best case scenario is him coming back to be offensive coordinator. But I don't want to lose him. Yeah. I, I honestly don't. I would actually I still have the opinion that I think Bill O'Brien does need to bring somebody in outside to help him on the offense. Yep. Even if he doesn't want to give up play calling, just another like an offensive consultant or something like that. Yeah, somebody in somebody there just that's a dumb idea. Yeah. But I would rather keep Ryan. I think that they do have... I think they've had something that was working. Our quarterbacks did improve. TJ Yates... It's, I mean, he came in too late. I don't really and think then you, you, you knew what was going on with Yates' personal life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he gets a little bit of a pass. Yeah. But... To an extent. Yeah. I think I mean, that I... I to do. I don't know. Yeah. I hope Rabel falls forward. Um, I think that you know I'm really torn on Vrabel because I like Vrabel as a person as a mm-hmm. coach from what we see and he was a great linebackers coach I mean he was awesome he was great in freaking Hard Knocks yep. I think Hard Knocks is honestly I don't think anybody's talking about it enough I think Hard Knocks is the reason why he's held in such high regard around the league you saw this guy that pushed hard was a players coach and wanted the best and helped develop those guys and when you look at it you at he was spending time with Clowney in there and B Mac and Cush, so um, and Whitney. So I can see the love for Rabel. We had a very bad year on defense. I mean, we had the worst in franchise history. So yeah, you know, should we give him another year? I don't know. You know, I don't know if our offense. I mean, we went three and three with Deshaun, which is what everybody keeps bringing up on Twitter is that we went three and three with Deshaun. You know, O'Brien's not that great offensively. Well, we had the number one offense in the league, and if you watch those games, we didn't lose those games because should have been five of our one. freaking offense. Yeah. We lost those games because of a blown coverage touchdown to Brandon Cooks. We lost the Seahawks game with a blown coverage t- touchdown to Jimmy Graham. We lost the Chiefs game because we lost Watt and Merciless in the third drive of the game where at that point then we're having to figure out what we're doing. I mean – there were so many different moving pieces. We definitely should have been at least five and one. I, we'd probably still lose that Chiefs game, I would say, but uh, we we would have beat the Patriots and we would have beat the Seahawks. Uh, so, and the problem I have is those problems kept happening every week, and that's coaching. That's not that's nothing else. That's pure coaching. You should be able to see 
that blown coverage with Brandon Cooks in the corner of the end zone at the end of the game and go to your your corners and your secondary and your and your safeties and say this is what happened on that play this is how we correct it moving forward but then you don't see that happen well how many times blown coverage was the whole year oh yeah i mean how many all times year? did you see one play one week where we get beat and then you see the exact same play the following week and we get beat again oh at least at least once a week at least uh, yeah, that for me is what actually caused me to lose hope in Ravel. Um, I was kind of of that opinion that. But how much had that like, he had like never John co- Butler? How much right. was John Butler's fault too? Because a lot of it was the secondary. You know, maybe Vrabel made the mistake of delegating a lot and not following up a lot with his secondary coach and his you know line coach and things like that. Maybe maybe, well, setting maybe the he edge, was overwhelmed. Setting the edge, we so we don't have those big runs. We can't. Those tosses, and, yeah. those halfback tosses, yeah. Outside runs would kill this. I mean, year. Vrabel did used to handle that personally. And the fact that he can't get a coordinate or a position coach to fix it. Yeah. How on earth is he gonna be a head coach and get coordinators to fix it? Yeah, but the problem I have is I don't think he's going to be a head coach this year. Yeah. I think there's a lot of buzz around him, but I don't think he's gonna do it. I mean, you gotta think. How did you take this? Would be a question in, in the interview process. How did you take the number one defense in the league to all the way to the end the next season? Please explain to me how that's going to be a question in the interview. What do you say? Because if you say injuries, that's not going to fly. So, how do you answer that question? It's like you lost two free agents. Yeah, you lost, you lost one two player agents. retired. Yep. And the rest is injuries. That's. Those are the only comments that he would be able to have. And if you were an owner on the other top and somebody just said that to you... You wouldn't hire him. No. Because it'd basically be an excuse. Now, don't get me wrong. Injuries definitely played a part. You know, we couldn't create a pass rush, so our secondary had to cover for a longer amount of time. You know, those two complement each other. It's just the way that NFL defense works. But at the end of the day, the mistakes that were made week to week weren't... Those weren't our issues. Yes, we didn't have pass rush, but at the same time, when your corners are playing off and aren't sticking to their zone, that's a coaching element. That's not anything else. So let's well, just be able to show improvement from week to week. And there wasn't. Yeah, there was no improvement week to week. I we mean, hell, set- our first three games, we had all of our stars. We 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 did nothing. I mean, against the Patriots, we had nothing. If that would have been rack, we would have won that game. Yeah, and it would have been very decisively won. Hell, there, there would have been a Tom Brady would have spent a lot of time on his ass if we had racked we both defense. We win both the Seahawks and the Patriots game. I think we win the Chiefs game, and I think the Chiefs game is way more competitive. Yeah, the only team that truly blew the doors off us was Seattle, or not Seattle, was Jacksonville. Jacksonville first game, and I, I don't think I, that would happen. And I arguably think that if we had gone with Deshaun to start, that game would have looked better. Mm. But I don't know. It's hard to say, but you don't. You way. honestly don't know, but I I think it would have because if I think Rack was if Rack was well. still yeah if Rack <laughs> was still the coordinator, we would have played how we played the last half of the game the entire game. Sure. And if we had Watson, we would have lost the game either way. That defense, uh, it would have been much closer. It would have been closer, but they're fast too. Yeah. That's one thing that they don't that people don't give Jacksonville's defense enough credit about. They're fast. 
They're very fast. Their linebackers are fast. Their outside linebackers are fast, and so are their corners. Yeah, well, you've been picking out the top of the rounds for 12 years. No, they I get are it. I get it. However it happens, that's They fine. are absolutely ridiculously loaded. No, they are. They are. And we'll get into our picks for the weekend here shortly. But, um, yeah, no, but you're right. There was no – we did not get better at all all season. Um, so, I don't know. I, I don't – I don't want Vrabel to – I don't know if I want Vrabel to go or if I want Vrabel to stay. Honestly, I, I don't know. What, I mean, what do you – how do you feel? Would you, would you I, want I, to give Vrabel another year? No. Oh, no. No. So um, – I don't think – Was the, it Frank Bush? <laughs> I don't think the NFL is the place to to learn how to call plays. And he obviously doesn't know how to call plays yet, yet as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, so – what did Rack do this year? Yeah, seriously. I have no earthly idea. Like, what did he do this I year? Was, I actually thought that Rack was going to help with game day management, right? And Rack was going to help Rabel learn how to to call plays. That's what I thought. I, that's where I thought the feedback was. I thought they were going to let Rabel be hands off, but Rack was going to kind of kind of coach him up a little bit. You're right. And that's not what happened. I yeah. don't really know what Rack did, and. I mean, maybe that's all Rack wanted. Is he just wanted some? Pe- he wanted some peace. I don't know. Um, the only thing I will say for Vrabel is remember the Dolphins and the Falcons game where we got the doors blown off us, and we all wanted Rack to run out of town. He was able to turn around and improve it, and Rack was an established. But that was there's in, there, that was there, in there, season. Yeah, there may still be some hope for Vrabel. I just, for me, I've seen enough that. If it was my call, the only reason he hasn't been fired yet is because I want to give him every opportunity to ha- to land a head coaching job. But if he doesn't get one, I would probably look for someone else. Well, if he doesn't get one, and then by that time, most DC positions will be filled as well. You'd you'd have to put him. I'd, I'd put. I'd give him an option. I'd say you can go back to middle linebacker coach, or you can not have a job. I think that I think Rack would probably come back. Do you think he'd come back, though? Because Bill O'Brien did say in his press conference that he expects Rack back next year. Yeah, I think Rack would step back into the defensive coordinator role. I think that he only stepped aside because it was Rabel. I, I feel like you're right. I feel like a lot of what happened with Rack was the fact that we didn't want to lose this up-and-coming hot coach. Right. So, hey, but we also don't want to lose you, Rack. So here's a position created specifically for you. Well, and Rabel, you've been promoted. Yeah. Uh, well, I if mean, that's the case, yeah. then we're we're in a better position already because, well, I don't know because Bill O'Brien is in love with Rabel. I, I don't think Bill O'Brien will make that call. We'll see. And I, do you think he will? Do you think he would fire Rabel? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I didn't think he'd fire Butler. Yeah, well, he's been and he, Butler's been with him forever. Butler, Since back Penn State. Yeah. Butler was his defensive coordinator at Penn State. Yep. And he had actually shown a lot of success developing players. Oh, yeah. Look at Bouye. Look at Bouye. Look, look at, at, look look at, at Demps. Look at... Look at Kareem. Kareem stepped up when yeah. he first got here. This year, all of a sudden... Demps, Andre Hall. Yeah. All of a sudden, this year, Kevin Johnson took a big step backwards. And we had two... I think Kevin Johnson's just a bad cornerback. Well, Kevin Johnson doesn't needs to decide what type of quarterback he's going to be. He needs to just be a cover corner. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. He needs to go watch a whole lot of film on Malcolm Butler or Sherman. He's not big enough to play like Sherman. Um, yeah, he is. 
It's too small to play like Charmin. Have you seen this wingspan? But either way, I think oh, I I don't know. Is if I was him, I'd sit him down, tell him to play play more like Butler. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah, I don't he know. just he can't go flying around the way that he does. He's trying. He can't be lowering his shoulders the way he does. Well, it's like and he bounce re- off wide he receivers read, and tight ends. He read his scouting report, his draft report, Amazing. and he seems to be dead set on proving that wrong. Right, I would agree with you. And that's a good take. You need somebody to sit him down and it's like, you know what? It's right. And you're you not still, a hitter, bro. <laughs> and you're still a first round pick. Yeah. Play to that part. Yeah. No, you're you're exactly right. He's not a hitter. He needs to stop that lower and shoulder trying to take a guy out. He's a comfort corner. Yeah. And he needs to play so. Uh, so yeah, so we lost Sean Ryan. We lost John Butler. Or we haven't lost Sean Ryan yet. I guess there's a chance we do. There's a chance we lose Vrabel. Uh we lost um John Butler. We lost the running backs coach. London. Yeah, London. We lost. We didn't lose Devlin, though. Nope. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> well, like, please explain that. Like, in a perfect world, Sean or uh, John Butler has been solid and has one year. Devlin's just been average and then has a total down year, and he's still a coach. I think with Devlin, they were kind of realistic at the talent that he had to work with. But then why not be that way with anybody else? I honestly don't know. I still, I'm still very confused on Butler. The, I completely agree with Izzo. Um, that was kind of a risk. Izzo, uh, I'm fine with. I mean, I, I'll say this: our London, special teams did get better this yeah. year than it has been in the past. London wants to go coach quarterback, which is fine. Which that so was we, a mutual parting of the ways. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. I don't think he was forced out. I think nah. he wants to go coach quarterbacks. Which could be good because maybe we'll start seeing Lamar Miller ran to the outside instead of in between tackles. So <laughs> that's great. Um, okay. And yeah. So now we got to figure out who our quarterback coach could potentially be. Hopefully Rack is our DC. And I, th- I think you're right. I think that's exactly what happened last year. And hopefully hopefully we lose Rabel. Because if <laughs> I'll tell you right now, if I had a choice of Rack or Rabel... <laughs> Please, Rabel, go take that Detroit Lions head coaching gig. No kidding. You have fun running that 4-3 defense that you've never been around. So, yeah. Uh, crazy week. Crazy week, John. Well, at least we'll have a lot to talk about this offseason. Yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about. And we're still going to do it every week. So, we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about. Lots of topics. Hopefully, maybe by next week we'll have a new GM. Who knows? Yeah, if we don't, next if we have a new GM next week, we'll probably devote our podcast. It might be a little bit shorter to just give them a little bit of background yeah, we'll whenever like it another is. Another podcast specifically yeah. on that one. And then if we don't, we'll we'll get full bios on all the guys we're looking at and just kind of react to the guys that have probably found jobs by then. Right now we're just at that point where everybody is guessing. Um nobody knows anything, as has been proven by Sunday mornings. All Sunday morning's news, all the toxic comments and all that. Just remember what you're hearing right now. Nobody knows anything. We won't officially know anything until they announce it. Hey, do you think that the whole media thing was uh, the media trying to get at Bill O'Brien more than Rick Smith? I think they don't like Bill O'Brien. Yeah, they don't like Bill O'Brien because Bill O'Brien is a dick to them because they ask stupid questions that nobody wants to be asked. (laughs) 
I mean, that's that's literally why. Like, if you look at it, like when Paul Galan asks a question, he's like, "That's a great question, Paul. Let me let me take you through this." But right. when Brian Smith asks a question, it doesn't matter, Brian. Like, that's where these come from. That I, I right wonder there. if there's a fact that these reporters don't like the the fact that Bill O'Brien isn't open with them and doesn't give them the Kubiak treatment that right. they were used to. He gives them the Bill Belichick treatment and doesn't give you anything that you want because he doesn't fucking have to. Yeah, and um, Bill O'Brien is from up north. That's how they treat people. <laughs> That's just how they treat people. That I is. mean, it take, I, I, I've never lived above the Mason-Dixon line. So when I've met people from up north and how and kind of how they interact with you, it is a little bit like, whoa. And I think that Bill O'Brien has had that effect on some members of the media. Sure. And you're right. Some of the questions, they straight up deserve it. The whole... Go rewatch the Doesn't Matter Bryant clip on on uh, YouTube. That right there is a perfect encapsulation of everything with the Houston media and Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Dumb question. A, a pretty point blank response. Well, like, like I, why are you even asking that question? It wasn't that Bill O'Brien was bragging about being champs. It was like, Why are I you asking care. that question right now That's when we just... Right. We just won. Like, let us live this. You know? It may be a valid... Ex- no, it wasn't even a valid question. But it was just like, why are you asking that now? Why are you bringing up drama now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was looking... I was So, scrolling through uh, Twitter. And typically, you man the Texans unfiltered Twitter. I usually don't touch it. But I've been working from home for the last week, and I've been really bored. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go through Twitter. And I, I got into a little exchange with Adam Clanton and Jason Braddock. And it all – so basically from what I understand, they basically don't like Bill O'Brien because when Jason Braddock asked Bill O'Brien after the – after I forgot what game the Watt Cat happened. But Jason Braddock asked a question about – the Watt cat and why he tried to run it and Bill O'Brien wouldn't answer the question. So therefore it's like, Oh my God, why would you not answer the question? Because Bill O'Brien knew that that was a dumb decision and he doesn't want to rehash it with you because he doesn't have to. He made a mistake. It was a dumb play. I guarantee you if you were having beers with Bill O'Brien, he'd be like, that was the dumbest play I've probably ever tried to run in my life. But he's not going to say that in an open media forum. Who would? Would you? (laughs) No. I'm an idiot. It was stupid. I shouldn't have this job. No, it was just a dumb decision. So we got into it a little bit on that. And uh, I was like, you guys are all just, y'all have hard-ons for Bill O'Brien because he does not want to speak to you. And it's so hilarious because they literally get their panties in a bunch. They take it so personal as if this isn't a job for them in the first place. It's crazy. So I, I hope I hope Bill O'Brien continue. I hope he gets a ten year extension, and I hope all these media members just don't make it because it's ridiculous how bad they are with Bill O'Brien. Anyways, um, so Wildcard Weekend should be an exciting weekend. I'll tell you the team I'm rooting for, which Houston won't like this, but Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Your team chaos all the mafia, way. bro. I have a good friend. Bills fr- Mafia. I, I have a friend. They're going against the Jags too, so that helps. That yeah. I know it's hard I, after I'm sure that he come cr- back. I'm sure art. he cried himself when all that happened. 
But it's I mean, so it's, cool. Oh. It's not cool. I, one of my first football memories is the Frank Wright game. Okay. So I'm so torn. I know, but it's cool <laughs> that they made the playoffs. It is in the in the way that they made I'm, the playoffs. I'm, 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 I'm happy for, for after starting Nathan Peterman, like the whole season in a nutshell. Like I don't know, I think it's cool. And they're playing the Jags, which I think they can honestly beat the Jags. I think they have a good enough defense. To, right, to yeah, shake right and now Jags. They're not the Jags. They're yeah. not what everybody thought. They're All losing of a, sudden, a little Nate steam. Stolen three interception games again. <laughs> Yeah. Losing a little steam. So I think the Bills should be able to take the Jags. I would like the Bills to take the Jags. So are you picking the Bills to take the Jags? Yes. Okay, Titans, Chiefs? Chiefs still. I think I'm going Chiefs as well. My only concern is it looked like last week against the Jags that Mariota remembered how, how to be a, a multi-dimensional quarterback again. And if that's the case, I feel like he could give Kansas City problems. He could. I oh, just think Holmes played. Did you watch any of that game? I did not. No. He was inter- he was interesting. I don't think he was Deshaun <laughs> level interesting, but hey, man, we he all had we, a good game. We all get things wrong. It's a good defense. Um, uh, okay, so yeah, I think the Chiefs too. Uh, what are the other two games? Saints, Carolina. Oh, you're going Carolina? No, I'm going to go Saints. Okay, me too. I, I think the Saints. Alvin Kamara is too good. Yeah, the Saints have the opportunity. If they if they catch fire, they're going to be a team to really watch out for in the NFC. I would agree. I would agree. And then the other NFC game is Saints Carolina, and then so Rams and Falcons. Oh, Rams Falcons. That's yeah. going to be a good game. That should be a really that should good be the game. game of the weekend. I would assume. Should be a good game. It's quite capable that LA comes out there and just blows the door off the Falcons, which they could. Um, or the or Falcons could, could go out. back to next year, yeah, or last year. The Falcons again—they have so much talent on both sides of the balls this year. They and they're healthy. They're actually better defensively than they were last year. Well, and what what, they, you, what have you always said that the the most successful teams in the league at the end of the year are healthy? That's what you always yeah. say. And the Falcons are one hundred percent healthy. Yeah, I mean they've got they've got a lot. They've got a good team. The Falcons have a really good team. The Except for Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman's starting to think. Or Devontae. One of them. One of them may miss the game. but uh, well, Devontae had a concussion two weeks ago. Yeah, Sorry. he hasn't practiced yet. I, I, Either way. I can't really remember. I just know that the Falcons are a good team. That should be, that should be a great game. Todd Gurley should win NFL MVP this year. MVP? Yeah. Really? Dude. Over yeah. Brady? Yeah. What? Yes. I think he should win Offensive Player of the Year, but I don't think he should win MVP. No, I, he has my vote for MVP. Well, I think I do not have a vote. <laughs> <laughs> I got the joy of watching him versus the uh, Titans. Um, yeah, I watched that game. And oh, yeah. He's good. He's great. He's great. Golf- he may be the best running back in the league. Golf is not really taking the jump that everybody kind of claims he has. No, he's had a good running game to help. Gurley is what makes that offense go. Absolutely. And that's what McVay has done is he's put – he's let Gurley go to work essentially. Sure. Of course, quarterbacks always get all the credit naturally. Sure. Um, golf has to be capable for Gurley to do anything. Yeah. But Gurley is what makes that offense go. I would agree with you 100%. He's a hell of a running back too. Uh, I picked him in the first round of the of my fantasy 
uh, draft this year, hoping that that would be the case. Um, so, well, great. All right. Well, that was a good podcast. As long as we had to get a lot out. We were gone. So, had to get a lot out. Um, thanks for sticking with us. I hope all of you guys had a great Christmas and a great New Year's. Uh, you guys can count on us being here. I can't say you can count on us being here every week. Things happen in life, but we will definitely try to be here every week. We're wor- working on some things. Me and John are trying to figure out some things for the off season. Uh, I'm still trying to work on getting Jordan Palmer on the show for an interview to talk about Deshaun. Uh, there's a couple other things I'm trying to do. Uh, we did start a website called TexansUnfiltered.com. It is just a hosting site currently, uh, so you guys can find links to everything there. We are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play Store, iTunes, all that good stuff. You can find us. Just search Texans Unfiltered. Are you reading through the tweets right now mm-hmm. between me and Adam Clinton? Yeah. All right. Um, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter at TXNS underscore unfiltered. You'll typically get John... But if you get a smart-ass remark or uh, something that sounds stupid, um, that was me. Uh, John's more thought out than I am. I shoot from the hip immediately. Uh, I will be in Houston. Oh, I'll be in Houston this weekend watching wildcard games with my with my uncle. If anybody is trying to watch a game, hit me up on Twitter at uh, young underscore Ari underscore gold, and uh, I'd love to sync up with you guys. And other than that, I think that's about it. Anything, John? Any 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 closing? No closing. John always sits quiet whenever I do this every 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 week. It's really weird. He like makes his face strange. <laughs> he like licks his lips at me and stuff. Anyways, uh, all right, guys. Well, uh, signing off for Texans Unfiltered. I am Young Ari Gold. We will see you guys next week, hopefully with the new GM. Well, actually, I do have some. Oh, holy crap! Is Twitter toxic? <laughs> yes, Twitter is toxic. Oh my gosh! Are you reading what Adam Clanton tweeted back? Wow. Am I wrong? Seriously, people. Like, do you see this? I think more people... They wow. all hate Bill O'Brien, which, like, I even phrased it. The, I'll tell you what, Mike Zerline, who I guess is Lance's brother, he's a offensive coordinator for Cy Ridge High School. Uh, me and him started to have a little bit of a conversation outside of Twitter. He's a good dude. I want to have him on the show. He's an offensive coordinator, has been for a while. I'd love to talk, have him come on here and talk X and O's um, with us and kind of give us a different perspective. But yeah, dude, Twitter's toxic. It's crazy. 790 and 610 are so different. They really are. They really are. 610 is definitely the home of the Texans. So you're going to, you know, honestly, I wouldn't say that they're uh, softer on the Texans. I think they're just more thoughtful or they have more of a they're less thought hateful. process for the Texans. The 790, it's almost like since we're not the home of the Texans, we're going to hate you. We're going to hire Josh Innes, who basically, I don't know if you saw that, but he basically accused that an hour after Rick Smith's wife, the whole announcement came out that she did not have cancer or to not use that as an excuse for losing your job. What kind of fucktard do you have to be to put that out there? And how do you have a job? It's crazy. It's toxic as shit. That's typically why I stay off the Twitter. Because I will get into exchanges like that all day. I, yeah, try to avoid what I'm running it. I try to avoid anybody that doesn't have anything that's well thought out. It's 
like you were saying in one of your responses, it's easy to complain. It is. It's so easy. It is easy. so much easier to complain than come up with actual solutions. And they don't. They never and do. They never answered who they would like to see as a coach. Well, yeah, they were trying to get you to listen to their show. Right. But you listen to the my way, show. The way, no, they, good, the way that they attack. and They both came at me, too. <laughs> it's like, seriously, people kind of forget that if you are an NFL coach, if you are an NFL GM, you are at least competent. Yeah, you would think. I mean, you don't get to that point in their lives, in their luck. careers. You didn't draw a stick and be like, oh, I there, like there stick, is some I'm luck, GM. there is some nepotism, but you are at least competent. Correct. And so there should be that just kind of like that baseline. Right. There's usually a reason for why they're doing it. Yep. And some of these people's responses, their their only reasoning is this will get people talking. That's exactly right. So that's why I said what I said when we started the show. Those people, I cannot, I cannot watch. I cannot listen to. They are just cancers. And the only way to get rid of the cancer is to cut the head off. So if you're going to follow anybody on Twitter, call, follow Pat Stat, Paul Gallant. I would say Steph Stradley because I actually, even though she's entertaining, she's not as bad as the rest of them. And pancakes, because on, honestly, pancakes doesn't give you his opinion. He only gives you what he knows. You're not going to well, get what I mean. I way, haven't seen the him way, just throw random things out there. The way you phrase that. what pancakes? That's what he's known as. Oh, pancake! No, 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 no. The you, pancakes only gives you what he knows. It's true. He doesn't know much, so you don't get it often. But like I mean, today, if you, if the you first wanna... one I tweeted it would take two to three weeks to get the GM in place. Yeah, he has a relationship with Bob McNair. The only thing he has since Kubiak left was a relationship with Bob McNair. And and bless bless pancakes. If you're I still, like McLean, if you man. still, I think he's a cool dude. If you're still wanting an Oilers homer, he That's he he's your guy. He's just I mean, retarded. I, he's not retarded. <laughs> <laughs> he's. He has suffered for the past couple of years because he's not as connected as he used to be. Oh yeah, but right now, right yeah, right now this is his moment in the sun. Yeah, this is his grand hurrah. Yeah. He is the one the one reporter that McNair does feel he's comfortable. Been doing it for and McNair's years. actually going to talk a little bit for the next couple of weeks. So yeah, this is his moment in the sun again. Yeah, and he's been covering Houston sports for fifty years or thirty eight years or something crazy. I mean, he definitely has ties. But yeah. yeah, Mike but, Meltzer. Oh, Mike Meltzer, for sure. Oh, I, he, he's I, the funniest person. I mess with him. Yeah. I love Mike Meltzer. I really do. <laughs> I think he's a good dude. Uh, he's got good takes. He talk about. He's like you, very thoughtful, very like. He won't. He won't just say something. He's gonna think it through, and, and there's a process in his mind before his tongue speaks. While me and like Seth are just like, nah, blah, 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 blah. it's just the way it is. <laughs> like I don't care what people. think. Hey, he was wrong about Rick Smith. He never got fired. Yeah, no, it's true. Never got fired. It's true. Houston was never, ever, ever going to fire Rick Smith. He was right. <laughs> I hate the circumstances. That was a great but audio you, clip, though. Oh, dude, that's, that was, a, that's best, a goat audio clip ever. Best the YouTube clip. clip is great. Everything about it is great. I love Seth. Uh, um, all right. Is that it? That's it. Hey, we started a patron as well. So if you guys want to go to patreon.com and search Texans Unfiltered, uh, that's awesome. We would really appreciate it. Uh, other than that, go on iTunes, leave a review, and I guess I'll sign off one more time. For Texans Unfiltered, I am Young Ari Gold. We'll catch you guys next week. Here we are.
When they had our backs up against the wall and said that we couldn't stand the pressure, we still got it done, man. Here we when they said the clock was winding down and it wasn't enough time to get it done, we still got it done, man. Now it's our time to shine, it's our time to keep it 100. So we gonna go out here and show them how true we are, baby.